Okay, so tonight we're talking about um, what you uh, what you should be doing as a child. Um, all you have parents, and uh, we're actually going to start talking about parents, but um, I'm going to intro just by talking about something you're all familiar with. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, for some of you fifth years, uh, something called MySpace that you freshmen may not know about. Uh, this is all, this is your life. This is social media. Um, and uh, what is the purpose of, of these things? What, what do we use these things for? I, I would argue that we use them to connect with other people. We are, I'm going to scoot back a little bit so I can see y'all. Um, we're attempting to make ourselves known to other people. And we're trying to know them at the same time. Uh, and I think this speaks of, of who we are uh, at our core. Uh, that we're made in the image of God. We're made for a relationship. And where did it all start? Before you guys had a Twitter account, uh, what was your, uh, I mean, your, your first attempt to be known and to know? It was with your parents. And I kind of came up with these silly little, uh, silly little deals. Well, you know, what was your first, your first Twitter post at the age of two was probably some loud exclamation to your mom. Um, I have teeth or something like that. Uh, or your first Instagram photo was like, you know, Hey, are you proud of this? Put it on the fridge, you know? Uh, or your uh, constant verbal blog posts, which I know I did a lot. And my dad was just like, Kelly, come on. Stop asking questions. Stop talking about these discoveries that you've made uh, in the world. But we've been talking about relationships all semester. And the longest relationship that you've had this far in your life is that with your parents. Uh, so, I mean, you guys connect with the social media uh, deal but if you're honest with yourselves, at the age of 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, whatever age you are, it's probably harder for you to connect with them now than it was then. And you're kind of like, why is that? Um, and, and I, I mean, if I'm honest with myself, too, uh, I struggle to obey my parents, and I struggle to honor them. Uh, and we're going to see tonight how, uh, how y'all should be doing that uh, as young adults, uh, as college students. So I am going to... Uh, pray, and then we will read the passage. So bow your heads with me. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for uh, all these men and women who uh, made it a priority to come uh, with uh, their friends or by themselves. Uh, God, I do pray that you would speak through me now, uh, take my focus off myself and my performance, and uh, put it on you, uh, that uh, I would glorify you, God, and that your spirit would move and speak through me. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so we're in Ephesians. Ephesians 6, uh, and uh, we're doing verses 1 through 4. So uh, I'll give you all just a sec to look, look it up if you've opened your Bibles. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Verse 2, Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So to sort of introduce this, this passage, uh, Paul's writing a letter to the Ephesians, and at the end of chapter 5, uh, he gives that, uh, that little bit, I think it's in 5.21, and he says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then he kind of expounds on that uh, by talking to wives and husbands, by talking to children and parents, and then by talking to slaves and masters. But in the children and parents section, submission for a child, for a daughter or a son, takes on the form of obedience and honor. 
And you all have a mom and dad, like we've been talking about. It's how you arrived on this earth, uh, unless you're an alien. Um, And they may be alive, or they may have passed away, but you still have an opportunity to obey them and honor them in the Lord as a college student, and that's what we're here to to discuss. And so to sort of introduce uh, this relationship, we're going to talk about your parents first, and that's verse 4. Then we're going to look at obedience, and if you look at your outline, the three kind of motivators I said are uh, fear, obligation, and love. Then we're going to look at honoring your parents, and then last we'll see how Jesus did that perfectly for us. So parents, obey, honor Jesus. Um, All right, so first point, uh, verse 4. Most of of you aren't here yet. Uh, You're probably not parents but you will be one day, uh, and you all have a mom and a dad, and, I mean, the parents are the one who initiate the relationship, right? Uh, and it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So this passage is saying, this verse is saying that it's the responsibility of the parents to bring up the children in the loving discipline uh, that the Bible teaches. They're, su- they're submitting to God's word by lovingly disciplining you, instructing you, uh, and one of my favorite musicians, Ben Folds, wrote a song to his daughter, and it's called Gracie. It's a beautiful song. Um, I actually tweeted to him to ask him about another song, and he didn't tweet back, so I'm still waiting. But I was going to use another lyric. Anyways, in this song, Gracie, uh, he says to his daughter, Life's, Life flies by in seconds. You're not a baby, Gracie. You're my friend. You'll be a lady soon, but until then, you've got to do what I say. And I don't know your background, but I hope the phrase from the passage, discipline and instruction of the Lord, brings memories to your mind of your parents fulfilling this command. I'm sure your parents made mistakes just like mine did, but my parents also took opportunities to discipline me when I needed it and to explain uh, why they were doing it using the Bible. And they've taught me, I mean, they've taught me about God's word. And I mean, I'm still having conversations with my mom and dad today where I'm gleaning wisdom from uh, things that they have to say. Uh, things that they're pointing out that I can't necessarily see. So our parents don't just discipline us, they don't just instruct us, but they show us on a regular basis God's love with their time, their energy, their resources, right? A friend of mine had a birthday recently, and his parents drove over five hours to come here to celebrate with him. I think that that shows love. Um, Many of you can probably think of wonderful birthdays just hearing that, uh, that your parents, they went over the top. I remember having like skating rink birthdays, you know? My parents, like, rented it out just so I could have a birthday party there. Uh, they bent over backwards, again, spending money and time on you just to show you that they love you. Uh, and Brian, a few weeks ago, was quoting uh, a pastor about marriage, and he, it's a really good quote, he was just talking about how women in marriage don't want a man who would necessarily die for them. I mean, I guess they're going to assume that a man would die for them, but they want a man who will live for them. And your parents, in many ways, have done this. Uh, up until this point in your life. They've lived for you. Uh, And now they're nudging you from the nest, and they're hoping that the instruction, the love, the time, the energy that they've poured into you will make an impact on your life and that you'll put these these things into practice. And my mom, um, she frequently shares about her dad, John Farley Kelly, who I'm named after, uh, that the love that he showed to her, she thinks, helps her better understand in a lot of ways Uh, her heavenly father's love and she's like she'll say like i think i understand god's love better than a lot of people because my dad loved me so well um that's the gift of parents so that is uh that's 
a, the, the kind of the good side of it, but I also want to address, uh, I mean, some of you don't resonate with this, and I want to talk to you. Uh, in fact, it's likely that a lot of you, you have baggage, you have anger, you were disciplined wrongly, uh, you may have been abused, um, neglected, you didn't get the love, and you didn't get nurtured in the way that you should have. And you probably have heard the song Cats in the Cradle uh, by Harry Chapin, I think is how you say his last name. But it tells a really sad story of uh, a son and a, and a father. And the father does not love his son the way he should. He neglects him. But, I mean, I think by the way it's supposed to work, the son, you know, in the, uh, in the first verse that I'm going to read, he says, I want to be like you, Dad. Because that's the way God designed it. Like, we look up, we see this authority, and that's what we learn to emulate. So verse 1 says, My child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way. But there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away. And he was talking before I knew it. And as he grew, he said, I'm going to be like you, Dad. You know I'm going to be like you. And then skipping later to verse 3, the kid's actually in college, so where y'all are. Uh, And the dad says, Well, he came home from college just the other day. So much like a man, I just had to say, Son, I'm proud of you. Can you sit for a while? He shook his head and said with a smile, What I'd really like, Dad, is to borrow the car keys. See you later. Can I have them, please? And, uh, I mean, the song just, it ends. um, Maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't, but the son grows up to be just like the dad. The dad's retired. Now he has time. And he's like, Son, can we hang out? And he's like, Dad, I got kids. I got a job. Sorry. And it's just really sad. Um, The father didn't spend time with his son. He didn't pour into his son. Uh, What he ended up teaching his son was not to, you know, not to love, not to spend time with, uh, not to instruct. Uh, And if you resonate with this song, know that God feels the anger you feel. He hates this sin that you've suffered under. And he can, and he one day will make that right. He's the father who will be there for you, and there's healing and hope for you in his word. Uh, He wants a relationship with you, and I want to ask you, are you willing to trust him even though you've been burned? Are you willing to trust this heavenly father even though you've been burned by your earthly father or your earthly mother? Um, So to wrap up point one, parents, bring your children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So point two is children obey. Sorry. Uh, Verse one tells the children to obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And we got to get something out of the way real quick. If we're really honest with ourselves, we have a hard time obeying anybody uh, because, I mean, who knows what's best for me? Me, right? Um, I remember a story of a toddler. Uh, I don't know where I heard it, but the toddler, uh, her mom or dad said, like, don't touch that. There's some object. And so she's like, you know, it's like, oh, she can't see me. I'm just going to, of course, mom disappears. Nobody knows what I'm doing. <clears throat> we act like that all the time. Um, by hiding our sins from our parents. Our sin nature loves to be told uh, what not to do. We're rebels. Uh, We just want someone to tell us, oh, you won't. And we're like, oh, yeah, I will. Um, I'm going to show you. Uh, But at the same time, I think many of you are like me. You know that you should obey your parents, but you're still figuring out how to do that. So that's what we're going to look at um, for the, the, the majority of our time together. Uh, And you may fall into a few different groups. There may be a few different motivations for you as you live out this role of child under the authority God's given to your parents. So the three um, motivators, like we said before, fear, obedience, and that one's really a lot of anger, or sorry, fear, obligation, anger, and then love.
So first, we will obey out of fear. I'm a people pleaser, uh, and growing up, I did the right thing uh, on the outside just because I was afraid. Uh, I like to say I wouldn't take a cookie from the cookie jar because I knew if I did the right thing, they were just going to give me one later, you know? Like, why would I get in trouble now? Just follow the rules, keep the peace. Um, but really, I was motivated out of fear, and I, I was afraid of disappointing my parents. I was afraid of uh, the consequences that, that I would have for my actions. And ultimately, I think the main motivator was just like, if I do the wrong thing, they're not going to love me. They're going to reject me. And many of you can relate with this. Uh, though you're in your late teens and early twenties, twenties, uh, you obey your parents because you're afraid of their wrath. You're afraid of what they're going to do or you're afraid of them rejecting you. But 1 John 4.18 says, There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So obviously, obedience out of fear uh, that we have uh, is not what God is, uh, is calling us to in this passage. Uh, some of you are prone to live out this life of fear by living the double life. You tell your parents one thing, you're like, oh yeah, I'm just studying... Like, shut up, shut up, you know? Um, uh, and you're doing other things behind closed doors. You, you know, you, you like, are totally, like, uh, checking all your Facebook pictures and making sure they don't see the one with you, like, drinking uh, or whatever. Uh, but it's fear that not only motivates you to, like, put up this wall for your parents, it's probably also fear, fear that causes you to do these things that you know are wrong so that you'll be accepted. And... I'm here to tell you, you don't have to live like this. That's what, what the Bible is teaching. Uh, another way uh, we obey our parents is out of obligation. So this is uh, number two under uh, obedience. I want to start by saying that God's law here does give an obli- obligatory uh, command for us to obey our parents, but he intends for us to do this out of love. And we'll get to this in a minute in the obedience out of love. But uh, for many of us, our, obedi- our obedience is an obligation And it oftentimes looks like us saying, uh, yeah, that sounds good, I'll do what you say, or even doing it and sinning against them while we do it. So with our actions, we're like, I trust this authority, I trust you, yeah. But in our hearts, we're like, I hate you, this is so stupid. You know, like we have this anger that's all built up because we're just like, you don't know what's best for me. Um, What does this look like for you? Do you really think that your interactions with your parents are meant to, uh, to consist of them instructing you and you doing the like, gosh, mom, why do you keep telling me to do that? Uh, or you cursing them under your breath to your, to your friends or to your siblings, maybe to the other parent. Um, or are you holding things against them? Uh, it's like, why are you telling me to do this when you never follow up? You never um, fulfill these promises that you're making. Uh, and you, I mean, you may have just talked to your parents on the phone before you walked in or today or in the past week uh, and they were telling you to do something. They were trying to instruct you, trying to give you uh, some sort of guidance for your life. And on the outside, you're like, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, oh, no, ma'am. And on the inside, you're just like, blah, 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 like Charlie Brown, the teacher, saying, wah, 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 wah. Um, verse 1 tells us to obey our parents because God chose them to be an authority over us. And unless you're, unless you're adopted, uh, your, your parents didn't specifically choose you, um, and you didn't specifically choose them. But it's their job as your parents. I mean, once you became their, their kid, it became their job to love you, to instruct you, and to discipline you. And it's your job as their son or daughter uh, to honor them and to obey them. 
And, I mean, who appointed us to our job and them to theirs? God. Okay, so, I mean, if you believe that God's sovereign, then you are defying his authority when you mis- I mean, disobey your, your parents and you, you know, curse them under your breath. Uh, do you trust that God made the right decision, putting you in the family you did with the parents you have? Or do you think he messed up? Um, as your parents require things of you, as they give you opinions, as they point out things in your life that you've done wrong, uh, or maybe say things that you've done right, you have an opportunity to resist the temptation to sin against them and make an effort to trust their authority in your life and ultimately God's authority uh, in your life. So moving on to the third point, the last uh, way that we can obey, and this is the right way to, to obey, is out of love. This is what I hope we're all working towards um, and this will lead into the next major point with uh, honoring your parents. But, uh, but just a few minutes ago, I said your parents didn't, or I was like a minute ago, said your parents didn't choose you specifically. But at the same time, they did make a huge sacrifice for you. Just think about it. Not only did your mom carry you for nine months, even if you were a mistake, your parents are like, I mean, they're like, all right, we're going to keep this baby. Your mom carries you for nine months. She births you. That's sacrificing her body. And then... <clears throat> You're, uh, you're, this is huge. Your parents in having you sacrificed in their relationship with each other. Like, two people fall in love, and they, you know, they're all like, oh my gosh, I love you so much, I want to live the rest of my life with you. And then they make a decision to have kids. That's a sacrifice in this relationship with each other. Of course, they're having fun, they're enjoying it, but they have to spend a lot of time not with each other uh, to, to care for you. And they're sacrificing in their relationships with everybody else around them, their families, their friends, um, relationships that, that we, I know, take for granted right now. Um, so whether you're biologically theirs or not, your parents in love sacrificed uh, a lot for you, their time, their energy, their resources, their relationships. And as you, under, you understand this better, <clears throat> you're going to respond in love to the encouragement, instruction, rebuke, and friendship that they offer you. Um, of course, you know that your parents are sinful, just like mine, and they make mistakes. And you may even be able to, to think of times, uh, maybe recently or um, in high school. I had a friend in high school who had a, a time like this. But times where you, uh, you're kind of like, I know you love me, I want to honor you, but I don't, I don't necessarily agree that what you, what you think is best for me agrees with what you know, I think is honoring to God in this situation. Uh, but, I don't know, my question to you is, uh, how are you going to respond in your heart? Uh, a heart filled with love is going to look for a way to peacefully and respectfully carry out your actions. And as we come to understand our parents' love, and we come to understand our God's love, we're going to be free to do things that we may, you know, for years uh, have thought were impossible. So, um, point number two, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now we're going to move on to uh, honor. Children, honor your parents. Um, obeying your parents is a form of honor, um, but uh, in verses 2 and 3, we're going to go a little bit deeper with this. Um, this is where Paul goes. Uh, so in this verse, daughters and sons are called to honor your father and mother that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. At the time of the Ten Commandments, um, the fifth commandment, which is being quoted right here, was literally commanding these children to obey their parents with the promise of the rest of their lives, uh, you know, them living long in the promised land. Um, But now we're a part of the new covenant. 
And the promise to us is eternal, okay? This is eternity with God, uh, and things are going to be made right. Um, And I want to make it clear that honoring your parents and these other authorities in your life is evidence that you trust God, like we talked about before. It's not a conditional thing. Um, I mean, we love being able to see results. We, you know, we're the me generation, and we want it now. Um, so we want, you, we want to say, I honored, I, I obeyed. Now what do I get? Uh, but it doesn't work like that. The condition of your heart is the most important thing, and uh, that's what's going to lead you to honor and obey. So honoring your parents, it's, it's lifting them up. It's acknowledging that they are your authority and actively thanking God for them uh, by, what, by what you say and what you do. My dad is an OBGYN in South Georgia, and he's gone through some really difficult periods um, with the hospital. And uh, most recently, uh, you know, as he's trying to be an honorable husband and dad and doctor in our small town, his partner told him that he was leaving the practice. And they've been together for 14 years, so this is my dad's, you know, going to be left alone with this practice. And uh, my brother posted something on Facebook that I want to read to you uh, about my dad. He said, I've been to seminary. I've read about countless people who have demonstrated resilience and strength of character in some truly horrible situations. That being said, I wish I were only half the person that my dad is. He is my hero and always will be. Um, honor is giving weight uh, to, to not just what your parents say, but what they do. And I think my brother's doing that here. Um, it's giving weight to the lives that they, that they, they live. Um, your parents have given themselves for years as they've clocked in and out of their jobs, as they've helped you, you with homework, uh, given you relationship advice, uh, given you a place to live. And right now, they're probably in some way helping you get your education. Um, what does your heart look like as a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior here at State have you taken the example and instruction of your parents uh, to heart, or are you just kind of throwing it, uh, throwing it out and partying hard, hooking up, um, drinking underage, spending the money that they may have given to you on frivolous things, um, not being a good steward with that? Do you take the time to call them and say, how are you doing, Mom and Dad? This is what's going on with me. Or uh, do you just kind of blow them off? Uh, do you respect their opinion uh, of who you're dating, of that relationship? Do they even know who you're dating? Um, whoops, forgot to tell you. Um, this, is, this is my fiance. <clears throat> uh, do you spend time with them when you go home? Or do you act like the son in Cats in the Cradle and say, hey, can I borrow the keys? I just want to hang out with my friends. I just want to go do this other stuff. I mean, that, I think that communicates. I don't really care to spend time with you guys. Um, do you live, do you live like, uh, what they do has weight? Do you give weight to what they do? And, and do you live like what they say matters to you? Um, so that's the end of point, uh, number three, honor your father and mother. Last, we are going to look at, uh, the man who did it perfectly. Uh, all the things, uh, we've been discussing are impossible if you don't know Jesus, uh, who he was and what he did. Jesus was fully God, and he was also fully man. He was just like us. He was born like you and me to a sinful mom and dad, and uh, he obeyed and honored them perfectly. But he also understood, uh, I guess you have to understand this to obey them perfectly, he understood that he had a heavenly father, and uh, he obeyed and honored him as well. 
So what does it look like for Jesus to do this? In Luke, there's a story recorded about Jesus' family going to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. I think this is the only story of him as a kid. And when they leave, they expect, you know, we're leaving from this feast of the Passover. Jesus is coming with us in this caravan. But as they're traveling, they, uh, they're like, oh my gosh, where's Jesus? And so they're looking for him. Uh, and they end up, I mean, they're like a, a day's journey. So they turn around and then they're looking all over for him. Several days later, uh, they finally arrive at the temple, and uh, it says, they found him, this is chapter 2, verses 46 through 47, uh, in, in Luke, did I say that? Yeah, Luke. Uh, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions, and all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. So at this point, y'all, Jesus is 12 years old. Uh, and when his parents walk up to him, they're like, Jesus, we've been worried sick about you. We've been looking all over for you. And uh, he asks them, why have you been looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. Jesus wasn't like, oh, y'all are such idiots. Of course I would be in the church. I'm Jesus. Um, <laughs> he, he honors he honors his heavenly father by going to the temple, and then he continues to honor his heavenly father by submitting to the authority of his earthly parents and going back home with them. Don't miss what's going on here, y'all. Jesus, at the age of 12, unlike you and me, is already showing his obedience to his earthly parents and his heavenly father at the same time. He knew he was the son of God, even at 12 years old, uh, and logically he would go to his father's house where he could, in his manhood, learn and grow. Jesus had to do that, just like us. But then when his parents tell him it's time to go, immediately he submits to their authority and goes back to Nazareth with them. And I don't know about y'all, but this does not make me think of my, myself at the age of 12. I was doing a lot of bad stuff. Um, but this is the kind of stuff that Jesus did in your place as a human child. Uh, moving on later in life, in Matthew 26, verse 39, uh, it says, And going a little farther, this is Jesus in the garden, Uh, Jesus fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So Jesus is now 30-something years old, uh, and he's a man, and he is about to be crucified. And in this passage, he's already experiencing the cosmic punishment for you and me, and he tells his Father what? Not as I will, but as you will. Now notice that he does ask God if there's any other way to please take it. So he's feeling this wrath for our sins, and this is his final temptation in life, the temptation to avoid the cup. But he doesn't take it. Instead, he goes to the cross, and on the cross just before his death, Jesus calls out to, to his disciple John. You know what he says to him? He says, behold your mother. And to his mom, he says, behold your son. But he says, behold your mother to John. You know what he's saying? He is about to have God's wrath poured out on him completely, and he is making sure his widowed mom is taken care of. From birth to death, Jesus was the perfect son for you. He submitted to his heavenly Father's will, uh, which required him to take the wrath uh, that was meant for you and what was meant for me uh, so that we, people who don't deserve God's love, could experience it. Um, and we can, because, of, because of the punishment that was meant for us, we become the sons and daughters uh, of the Heavenly Father, the creator of the universe. And all the times that you fail to obey, 
uh, all the times that I failed to obey and honor our parents, those were on Jesus, the day of his crucifixion. All the days you will, they were on Jesus uh, when he was crucified. And they're replaced by the, the perfection, the perfectly obedient, uh, the perfectly uh, honoring Jesus when he lived. Um, there's a guy named Edmund Clowney uh, who, uh, who wrote uh, a lot. Um, he he uh, has a quote right here that I'm going to read to you. Uh, you will know how to honor your father and mother as you follow our Savior Jesus, who lived his life in submission to his heavenly Father's will. How do you obey and honor your parents? The answer is Jesus. Let's pray. God, uh, thank you for our parents. Um, Lord, I thank you uh, for the ways that they've loved us. Uh, but God, I, I do pray uh, for the the ways that, that they have, uh, have not. And uh, God, I pray that you would uh, show us that your love is perfect, uh, that you loved us perfectly and you loved us enough to uh, send your son uh, to die for us, God. Uh, it's amazing. Um, we thank you for Jesus. And uh, God, we pray that as we uh, study your word and we learn more about your son, that you would enable us uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit to obey and honor our parents. Uh, We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.